win. You come from afar and then mash up the island. You bring extortion, carjacking, and all type of fuckery. What is that from? <laughs> yeah. You see me? Speaking of shatters, while well, mash up the rum. Rum punch. Rum pa pa pum. My man said, we're not stopping until we eat McGriddles today, dogs. Nah, no McGriddles. <laughs> Alright, We live and direct. Welcome to another episode of Dominate Real Estate. Woo! I got my man, my mellow, my co-host. Mr. Brian Joseph. How you doing today, Jeff? Man, I feel fantastic. And yes, I go by the name of Jeff Jokum, Jeff Joachin. You want to Haitian-fy your last name or you want to keep it real American? Joachin. Joachin. That's how you say it in Creole? Joachin. I didn't know that. We're bringing that heat. That sounds like Dirty Dog. Yes. That's what they call me in English, the Dirty Dog. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're here to dominate real estate. We're here to get things going. <laughs> And man, today we're going to talk about um, one of my favorite topics. One of my favorite participants in the real estate industry that exists out there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an underworld of people that exist that are getting deals done. They're, yeah. Yeah, that's right. They're none other than what we call wholesalers. What's wrong with wholesalers? I mean, wholesaling, depending on who you are, depending on your vantage point, it can be a cuss word or it could be a thing of beauty. Wholesaling is amazing. It's amazing? Yeah. You think all investors feel the same way? Hey, I got my foot in the door wholesaling. Okay, you got your foot in the door. But let's talk about some of the reasons why wholesalers are hated in this industry. Why investors hate working with wholesalers. Really? We're going to get into it, baby. I didn't even know that was a side. There is a thing. That is a thing. It hurts my heart. It hurts mine, too. You know, and um, here as a, one of the godfathers of wholesaling here in Central Florida... Mm. You know, what I want to do is kind of restore order and make sure that we're following the right kind of code. So that way we can stop having wholesaling be a thing that folks meet with a little bit of a, a negative connotation and we can restore some integrity to this business. Uh -huh. I mean, as you know, anything that we get at some way, shape or time, you know, when it comes to a, a retail product that we buy, when it comes to the watch, what do you, you uh, I got an Android watch. What you got there, dog? You know, I got Apple. Oh, you got the crapple watch there. Okay. <laughs> I see you, my guy. But like whatever it is, hey, you see somebody that bought something in any kind of industry, mm -hmm. chances are there was a wholesaler involved some time, way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. And then we go ahead as consumers, we buy from retailers, right? Okay. So, but when it comes to the real estate industry, the same thing exists. Not as prevalent, not as everybody knows that like, not everybody knows that real estate wholesaling exists, but it's a thing, right? Somebody gets a deal uh, for a cheap price that another person can come along and mark up and sell to an end buyer, right? And such is the relationship with mm -hmm. from wholesaler to investor to retailer, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it doesn't always go as smooth as one would think, coincidentally, right? So let's jump right into some of the top three reasons why I've heard in my day that investors hate working with wholesalers. You ready to get controversial? Hate. They hate working with wholesalers. Listen, man, that was the clickbait title that made everybody click on this video. 
so we have to state it as many times. Hate, all right? Mm-hmm. Hate. See, we love. We don't. We don't hate wholesalers. We love them. We love them to death. They got deals. They got deals, and the right when it goes the right way, it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Right. So, well, before we even jump into that, you know what? Since um, I can tell you're a bit disturbed by the hate word, it's a little strong, right? It's very strong. I mean, we're we're zenned out here. We don't <coughs> we don't spread hate. We spread love. So, you know, now that you've clicked on this title, now that we've lured you in with the, with this negative title, let's talk about, you know, why we love wholesaling and what makes it a good thing if it's done the right way, right? So, if you look at your average investor and, you know, what it is that they need and how they wind up dealing with wholesalers, um, it's because it's typically out of need, right? It's typically because they got a pocket full of money, they're cash rich but property poor, right? Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Brian. You're Mr. Investor. You made $500,000 cash that you have sitting there. You're going to use this money to go ahead and, and become a full-time investor um, you know, for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. What is the issue when you step out there to go ahead and start investing? That would mean that you would need to get some invest to, to deal with the wholesaler. What brings you to a wholesaler if you got all this money? Like, Why would you even need a wholesaler? Because the wholesaler, has the, the wholesaler is doing the footwork that the investor isn't doing. Right. So you're out there you know, doing what you do to make all this money, right? So mm-hmm. you're running a business, you're doing, I mean, and if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, you know better than anybody else being better business, Brian, at him on Instagram. <laughs> Did I do it right? It's called a plug. Yeah, that was yeah. a plug. Yeah. Okay. You know, as it, as it is, just because you're an, you're an entrepreneur, sometimes it takes a lot. It, ta- it does take a lot of uh, heavy lifting. And being an entrepreneur, a lot of times can go from you working 40 hours a week for somebody else to working 80, 100 hours for yourself until you can get out of control, Yeah. right? So until you find that balance. So imagine you're making all this money and yeah, you've got something going, but you need something on the side, like a real estate property to start bubbling for you. But now you're faced with the time, the, the problem that you're going to need to spend some time looking and analyzing properties in order to find a good deal for you. Uh, okay. Right? And that's a, that's a full-time job on its own. I mean, it's so much of a full-time job that they gave it a name. They call it wholesaling, mm-hmm. right? So the beauty of the situation is that like a, a wholesaler, somebody says, hey, you know what, Brian? I see you working hard out there, man. I got you uh, a deal here that's going to work for exactly what you need. It's already been analyzed. It's been negotiated. Um, there's no multiple offer situations. You just go ahead and give me uh, this price, and it's yours, right? Buy it now price, and you can buy this property for $200,000. You can do $20,000 worth of renovations to it, and you can resell that thing for $320,000, right? All right. What a beautiful concept. Mm-hmm. They are the Groupon daily deal of real estate. So I don't hear, I don't hear any, I, where's the hate at? This sounds like a great deal. Sounds like plenty to love, right? Yeah. So let's jump right into the first reason why investors typically, uh, when they do have a beef, with uh, with wholesalers, uh, what are they looking at? What's some of their issues, right? So one of their issues is that they feel like there's not enough value in the deal by the time it gets to them, whenever a wholesale's, wholesalers bringing a deal to them. Okay. Right? So the typical thing that I run into is like, ah, oh, man, wholesalers, ah, oh, man, they just go ahead and uh, they mark up their prices, right? And, you know, they go ahead and sell you something that they're making a bunch of money on, but there's no money in the deal for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the margins are way too slim. And basically, they challenge the integrity of the deal itself. Have you ever come across that when you're looking at other wholesale deals? Um, have you ever been guilty? Uh, you've, have you done wholesale deals before? Yeah, I've done, I've done a couple. I've done a bunch of wholesale deals. So 
I've been on both sides where you're looking at a deal and it doesn't make sense for you, but it depends on your exit strategy, right? Yeah. Right. Coming from an investor standpoint, if you're looking to flip the property, you have a certain criteria where you need to be at. If you're looking to buy and hold the property, you have a certain criteria that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So I feel like most wholesalers, they do underestimate the uh, repair costs 100%. Mm-hmm. Like they're not experts at repair costs. Is it? It's just an accident, you think? Is it an accident? It's a, a, If the investor's not doing their own due diligence, whose fault is that? Is that the wholesaler's fault or is that the investor's fault? Okay, well... I hear your question, and I will counter your question with a question, right? Ah, uh, question, so question, question. Why, why did the investor come to the wholesale in the first place? Was it because they had plenty of time to do their own diligence, or was this person supposed to simplify things and make it easy for them to streamline their diligence? Yes, that's true, right? So let's say, for example, right, if I have a deal in the wholesale, if I have a deal in the contract, mm-hmm. I go through the property i do my own estimate i do a, a soft hey this is what i what i feel like needs to be done this is um the amount that the repairs would be i send it off to let's say you're the end buyer mm-hmm. i send it to you hey i have this deal and buyer these, or wholesaler i mean uh investor investor, investor right okay. an investor so i send them these these numbers right so i have the property on the contract for sixty thousand dollars it's going to need forty thousand dollars worth of work right Properties ARV is at 170, mm-hmm. right? So based on those numbers, that's what I send you the property at. So you're gonna you you have my numbers as a, as an outline. As the investor, what you're gonna do, what I've run into, they're gonna run their own numbers. They're gonna look their own ARVs. They're gonna have their own contractors look at the deal, and then from there, what they're gonna do is either come back and say, "Hey, that number works great," or "Here's the offer," or this is a POS. Sure. So I think um, I believe a part. I, I agree with parts of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I do think that it's relative to the investor, which will determine if it's a good deal. Right. So sometimes investors will just be like, oh, man, look at these guys deals and they're just trash. You know, well, most of their buyers could be buy and hold investors who don't need a ton of equity and they really just care about the cash flow. Right. Um, you know, if. You know, with us, for example, we work with we have a list of thousands of investors that we do sometimes send wholesale wholesale properties to, mm-hmm. and I mean, we've got a guy who's who's looking for, hey, look, give me some fire damage houses that are as burnt to crisp as possible, to Dracaris houses as I call them, <laughs> um, Dracaris, right? <laughs> or we have folks that are like, hey, I want stuff that's clean and you know is is good to go as far as scope of rehab is concerned to somebody who's like look i don't care what it is i'll pick up 10 deals with a i'd rather have 100 deals with a one percent return exaggeration um versus somebody's like look i want one deal that's going to get me a 100 percent return or mm-hmm. four that's going to give me a 25 percent return or what have you so sometimes when somebody's sourcing a deal if it's not directly for an individual investor then yeah they're in a pool of a bunch of a, a bunch of different investors on a list and some things are for you some things aren't for you right it's kind of like having a menu where you got a seafood allergy but okay cool Ignore the seafood section if you only eat vegetables, right? If you're a vegetarian um, or you only eat beef, whatever it is, like that section's for you. But I think a lot of times wholesalers don't clarify that, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and send you some properties that, is, that may work for you. It may work for your individual criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sourcing deals for a couple of different people. I'm getting stuff that's based off of a consensus, um, you know, is, is sometimes what happens when 
when uh, when investors meet meet wholesales. I don't think that communication has ever been facilitated, you know, the the right kind of way. Understood. So, so I, I would agree that sometimes it's a deal. A deal is a deal for somebody, but it might not be a deal for the next person, depending on what your investment model is. Yeah, and that in that case is more so on the wholesaler to understand his buyer understand reach out to their buyer see what their what their criteria is instead of just sending sending random properties that you have on the contract you already know hey if uh if if one of your guys buys in orlando but you have a property on the contract in in miami Uh why why are you sending him that property if he doesn't buy he's going to look at you as a waste of time correct and so i think um you know, I think when it comes to wholesalers, if there's one thing that you want to do the right way, it's to make sure you're not wasting an investor's time, right? Like I, I watched an interview with um, a couple of different folks, but Nori and a couple of these people, they talk about sometimes you only get uh, a short period of time in front, in front of a high value person, right? So if I have a meeting with Jay-Z, I'm going to try to figure out and do as much research as I possibly can before I pitch him a business deal. Are you taking a 500 or are you taking the dinners? <laughs> oh, that question? <clears throat> um, <laughs> you don't have to answer, man. Yeah. Am I taking $500,000 or taking a meeting with Jay-Z? Yeah. Dinner. A dinner I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm selling myself short if I take that 500 k yeah. I'm worth a billy plus. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I'm sitting down with Jay, he's going to get inspired. I'm going to make him stand up from that. T- you know, he's going to always be laid back and cool. Jay's going to stand up for me. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to go ahead and get crazy pause, like, and be ready to to talk about some deals and get, make some stuff happen, right? But it's neither here nor there. Whatever the case is, is <laughs> I take it as a high position of respect when somebody who's got that money or anybody that wants to do business with you, first-time investor, seasoned investor says, hey, you know what? I'm going to trust you as my deal provider, right? So I feel like I owe you the kind of respect to at least sit down and get to know you better, right? Uh, take the same kind of respect that a, a financial advisor would take. Like if I was your financial advisor and I was just sending you a bunch of shitty-ass deals that you didn't believe in, right? Like if you said, hey, you know, I'm looking for pharmaceutical companies for me to invest in, and I kept sending you, I don't know, uh, tech stocks, You'd be pretty pissed and fired me, right? Mm-hmm. But as a wholesaler, we get to send you whatever the heck we want to send you, or people send you whatever the hell they want to send you, and it's not even what you want, and there's no kind of explanation a lot of times. So I think having a good conversation and making sure you get a you ask the right questions. Don't just don't just uh a lot of times I find that wholesalers ask one question only. It'll be like, uh, what what what's your budget and what area? Well, that means nothing, right? Like if you don't break it down to the type of return on investment that the person wants, I could find you a $100,000 house, right, that you want, the $100,000 house in East Orlando, if that's the only information I got from you. Um, and <laughs> But that $100,000 house can need $200,000 worth of work done to it. Mm-hmm. Is that a deal? Depends on what it's worth. Exactly. Depends on what it's worth. It depends on a lot of different <clears throat> factors. So we don't have a complete image until we know, um, okay, not just your purchase price, right? But what's your all-in cost, right? Including all your expenses, including your rehab, including everything that's that's taken into account. Once you take your all-in cost, um, how do you then determine your your return on investment from there? But we have to ask the questions in order to determine the right kind of return on investment that somebody's going to need, and also the correct investment strategy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so. What else you got? So, okay. So, one, I think it's obviously there's not enough value in a deal. And I think that really is relative to the type of deal that an investor is looking for, right? Um, value is in the eye of the beholder, I guess, in, in this particular case, right? 
Um, another thing, and, and these next two are really going to touch upon like numbers, right? And uh, typically the numbers in these deals, uh, I think <laughs> there's a debate. It's like, hey, did you know that you did not calculate these rehab numbers the right way? Or was this a mistake? Like, is this like some salesman stuff that you're trying to do to me? Like, because a lot of investors will be like, hey, these rehab numbers are just off when I ever get these rehab numbers from, from wholesalers. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You think it's a, a lack of a lack of training in the industry? You think it's uh, people that are out to get folks? Like, what do you think uh, leads people to, to, to get into our second category, which is bad rehab numbers on wholesaler provided deals? I think... It's lack of uh, understanding, right? A lot of wholesalers come in from, yo, I just needed, I, f- I want to get into real estate. How can I get into real estate, right? So they just figure out, hey, they watch a couple videos, they take a couple courses, and then they say, hey, go out, get a property. You find that property under contract, but at the same time, you still don't understand the construction behind it, right? You don't understand. You're not walking, you're not doing your due diligence. Wholesalers, majority of wholesalers are not, walking that property with a contractor when they get it under under contract right they're not having or they're not taking the pictures and sending them to one of their a contractor so they could look over it so they could see what that cost is right so once you once you do that and run through a couple properties with a contractor a wholesaler would be able to know hey all right based on what what my contractor told me before these are the, the what the numbers are going to be and even if you're off by like ten thousand dollars it's still it still makes a big difference you can't be off by like forty thousand dollars you can't say this is a a lipstick on a pig when it's a full rehab Mm -hmm. yeah i think um that lack of being able to calculate rehab and i'd also throw in uh lack of the ability to pull comps isn't is is kind of under the same category as Mm -hmm. well um i think either way you're going to need to sit down and study your craft. Anything that you do, too many people just jump right into it um, and don't start making refinements. Either they're not uh, better educated. Sometimes it's better to just get started instead of thinking too much. But sometimes you do need to actually put in some work to uh, to understand your, cla- your your craft out of respect for the clientele that's dealing with you. You know, if you have a person that, you know, I'm the type of person that if I'm making that much money to where I'm able to set aside a couple hundred grand or whatever amount of money it is, I'm a pretty busy person. So if I'm mm-hmm. in front of you, don't be messing around with me, right? Like, know your shit, uh, be, be, know your numbers, and you have one opportunity to sit in front of me. The minute that I see that you don't know what you're talking about, you're done. What if he has a fire deal? What if it's a fire deal yeah, and his numbers a, are off? Okay. So sometimes people don't know what they have and yes. they can't work to your advantage. Yes. And in that rare case, okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Then, hey, you know what? This, <laughs> Keep guy, sending me these deals. this guy should have marked this deal up like <laughs> by a couple more grand, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most cases, in a lot of cases, people don't happen to stumble upon like great deals, or in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, or for the, for, the, for the sake of this dang episode, uh, we're talking about crappy deals that come as a result of somebody that doesn't know how to pull rehab numbers or comp numbers. So, so how can we get better at that, right? So we're not here just to, uh, to down-talk wholesalers. We're here to uplift them, to teach them how to dominate in real estate, and wholesale is a part of real estate. Like, if you're going to be a killer, if you're going to be a comp killer, if you're going to be a rehab mm-hmm. uh, monster, yeah. does that work? A rehab monster. Rawr. Say it again. Say it again. Rawr. See what I did there? If you're going to be wow. a rehab monster out here, 
right, and know how to calculate your numbers, then yeah, I mean, we have our ways of learning them. I've sat down and, okay, cool, I know this property needs a roof. So I've called three roofing contractors and got quotes in the beginning of this whole thing. I only had to do that for a couple of properties in the beginning. Then afterwards, I kind of understood what they what they did and how they calculated them, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I, I, I called a couple of people and I found out what it cost to paint a property, right? And there's different types of prices. Yesterday's price? No, there's two different types of prices, right? There's the price that a handyman's going to charge you, right? And there's the price that if you go into the phone book and look up AAA roofing, phone book still exists? Online. All right, good. So... <laughs> Yellow pages. You know what that is? Yes, sir. You bought that yellow page life dog? They still send them from time to time. Bro, yeah. bro you had to get a paper cut to find a service or a contract. Nowadays, uh, I don't know about that. Huh? I don't know about going to the yellow pages you and had finding to, You had anything. to open that, dog. Yeah. Like uh, like my man, from, like, like an ancient dino- librarian. You make yourself sound like a dinosaur. Bro, that's how you had to do it. Like your Sam Sam Tarley, is that the one from Game of Thrones? The book, the, the book meister, whatever it was? So you had to be the <laughs> no. phone book meister back in the day. Come on now. No, but um, but some people are just going to go ahead and, and just grab a random person, the highest price person, and uh, and, and they're going to be like, okay, cool. Triple A roofing is going to charge me uh, $20,000 for this roof mm-hmm. versus, you know, Roscoe and them, right? Roscoe and them will throw a roof on that thing for, for $10,000, right? Um, yeah, that's why you need several. You need to get a couple a couple different bids, right? And I think also have framing that proper conversation with the investor as a wholesaler, right? Sometimes it's a negotiation tactic, right? Like investors by nature are, are they're going to be your button pushers. They're going to be kind of like typically your alpha male. That's going to be like, oh man, this is way overpriced. And a lot of times they have some credibility. Sometimes they're just trying to find a way to see if you know your stuff um, as well, right? Like mm-hmm. like they want to see. <laughs> like you'll sit down and listen to an investor talk to you and they're like, oh man, you know, this, this deal is going to cost me 50,000 to put a roof on it. And sometimes you got to slow them down. Be like, come on, man. Like you're really, you right here, Mr. Haggling with me over $2,000 on his price is going to spend $50,000 on his roof. <laughs> like sometimes it's a hustle. A lot of times it's a lack of information, right? Because they're, they're looking uh, at the wrong type of person to get the job done. You might have a hookup, a contractor that could do a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, and it's not going to be most or more more so for permitted work, uh, like you know, like like roofs and a couple of the things you can't get by with using a, a handyman. But there's other work like paint that you don't have to spend a ton of money on and still get a quality person um, in that particular case. So I think it's once again it's a lack of people taking the time to educate themselves as wholesalers. It's sometimes a negotiation tactic that investors are using to try to uh, you know tear apart your deal and get a better deal. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're armed with knowledge as a wholesaler, if you take your time to learn this stuff and learn your numbers and, and treat it like a profession, um, regardless of if it's, a, if it's just a side hustle at the time, it will become your main hustle and allow you to, to as a springboard to get to other levels if you if you study your craft. What say you? You agree? Yeah, you hit a spot on. You hit a spot on. Spend, spend time learning the tricks of the trade, right? So. You got into the rehab also when we talk about ARV, finding the comps. Mm-hmm. Get with a realtor, right? If you don't have your real estate license, get with a realtor. Get um, <laughs> See if they can they can help you out. Get Create that relationship with that realtor. See if they can help you out with, with pulling comps. That, that would be the best thing I would say. I've completely forgot about becoming a comp killer. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're when you're pulling comps, I'll be honest with you. Like I'm I'm a licensed real estate broker. Been in the game for since 2010. Been a broker. Been in real estate. Been a broker since 2015 or so. But um, you'd be surprised how few realtors know how to pull comps. Damn. Like, and it's part art, part science. Um, it, there's a little bit of interpretation when it comes to to comps, but not that many realtors are very skilled in pulling comps. Like, if you're ever looking at a listing on the MLS or on the market, you're just like, yo, why is this thing so overpriced? It's probably one of two reasons. Either one, the realtor didn't know how to pull comps, or two, uh, you know, they <laughs> they were too scared so to tell. So you're saying wholesalers shouldn't go with real estate agents? I think because uh, real estate you don't know how to pull comps. Not all realtors are created equally. Okay. Um, but realistically, you can look up like appraisal guidelines and get pretty close to and learn how to pull certain comps. Um, so, uh, you know, just just do your research on how to how to pull comps. Don't whatever you do, just don't go straight to Zillow, right? But um, so you know, where should they go? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're actually going to be putting out some content on how to pull comps. Uh, so. I'll break that down and, and maybe do a quick ex- – I think that will be helpful if I did a video maybe showing how I pull comps mm-hmm. um, to give them some guidelines. But uh, if you can't go to us, um, have somebody show you how they arrived at their comps. Make sure that they are actually selling deals that are that are selling for the appraised price. So if it's a realtor, right, um, if you list a property inappropriately or at a price that's too high, a lot of times – the property's not going to appraise. If the property doesn't appraise, it's not going to sell to the to the finance buyer. The lender's not going to lend on that property, right? So you want to find a realtor that has a habit for hitting the mark, right? Let them show you some examples of, man, every time they price something, it either it either sells exactly at that price mm-hmm. um, or, you know, it's priced appropriately. I think that's a good indicator on a way to get started here. Um, but if somebody who has stale listings that aren't selling because they're overpriced um, or who has a habit of, of, of not doesn't have a track record, then I think it's probably not the way to go, you know? So um, it, it comes from missing out on a couple different deals, uh, you know, will because they've been overpriced or priced the wrong way for whatever reason or leaving too much money on the table, you eventually you start to, to, to learn how to go ahead and, and adjust your comps. Sometimes it takes a, a conversation with an appraiser. You know, I've, I've sat down and seen things differently from an appraiser. And they've they've been like, you know what, this is what we're looking at when we're pulling our comps. You know, you can't use this house because, uh, you know, that one is a historic house. And in this neighborhood, historic houses go for more or this side of the street has a is a neighborhood. Right. Um, So there's ways to do it. But make sure you look at the person's track record, not just any realtor. Um, Not all realtors are created equal. We're just the person that most realtors. That's the person that passed the test, and they forgot all that knowledge immediately afterwards. So, so what's the uh, what, what 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 do you want to leave them with? What's the uh, summary on of when it comes to dealing uh, with the numbers or so? No, not the numbers on the whole entire episode. Oh well, we got one last thing here. There's one last reason mm-hmm. why realtors, why investors, excuse me, don't like working with wholesalers. All right. And it's a feeling of this guy is crushing this deal and leaving no money on the table for me. All right. Right. So like there's a perception like and I, and I feel like it comes from a lot of these uh, gurus. I'm going to drop the word. They show wholesaling from the standpoint of how you can make 20, 30, 40, 50 grand on a tr- single transaction. But don't do a good enough job of explaining that that's not always the case. It can be the exception, but necessarily not the rule. 
So wholesaling should imply that you make a little bit of money on a lot of transactions. Uh, a lot of times, folks that are getting into wholesaling, they're trying to crush one deal. And so, yeah, they'll have, <laughs> they'll have a deal that, yeah, doesn't have enough value for the investor, as we mentioned on the first point. But they're so rigid on having this $40,000 <laughs> markup that they're trying to have on this deal. So they could probably have a deal if they just bought it down 10K, 20K, whatever it is, but they're trying to make their month, they're trying to make their year on a single deal. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, being more attached to how much markup they're making versus having the, the end buyer or the, me, the investors, excuse me, the investors' best interest in mind, I think that's the issue, right? They are thinking more about lining their pockets than they are about providing a value to the investor. So I'd rather get 10 deals done making five grand per deal versus, you know, trying to crush it on one deal. The investor loses their ass on that deal. And all of a sudden they never want to deal with you again. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. So, um, I think that last point and the third and final point is basically that, uh, sometimes these wholesaler markups are just way too high. I get it. We're trying to make it happen. And some deals you can crush, you know, we've done million dollar plus deals that we're able to put, you know, nice significant spreads on, but that, isn't always going to be the case. That's the exception and not the rule. Um, so, you know, that would be that would be my, my other point. Have you ever encountered somebody that was so rigid on a, on a wholesale deal that uh, they were so attached to making this huge spread that you're like, hey man, if you just knock this down five k, you got mm. a deal here? No, nah, not not to be honest, no, nah, not really. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here I see it all the time. I mm. mean, I, I see a bunch of people that bring me deals, um, <laughs> and I think they think because we've done a lot of wholesale deals. I mean. Uh, at some points in times we're doing, you know, 30, 40 deals in a month that are wholesale deals and they're not, we're not crushing them for 20, 30 K. It might be a 5 K, 2 K, 1 K hit on some of these deals. And then, you know, every now and then we're going to have something that's going to be a significant margin saying, if you're going to go ahead and, and you want to change the perspective that investors have of wholesalers, let's make sure we're doing a couple of things, right? So when it comes to them feeling like there's not, not enough value on the deal, you need to sit down with them, right? Get a good understanding of what your investor is looking for before you put a deal in front of them. If you're going to put together, put them just on a general mailing list of all the different wholesale properties you have, just be clear. Hey, you know what? I'm going to put you on a general list of everybody. But when something applies to your specific investment criteria, I'm going to give you a heads up and let you know. But for now, a lot of times people like to see all of the deals that we have out there, and I'm going to send you them all, right? But Or if, if that bothers you, I'll just send you specifically what works for you. Um, so that way I'm not wasting your time. And let them make that decision so that way they're, you don't start to lose credibility and they start to think that you don't have deals for them or you're a person that wants to just uh, – that, that's working with a competing or different agenda, right? Um, when it comes to knowing your numbers, right, and being able to pull comps and rehab, like study these things. Call a couple different contractors. Get the contractor price. Get the handyman price, right? See what the general consensus is on any of these rehab numbers um, when it comes down to it. When it comes to pulling comps – Right, there are several videos on on YouTube on bigger pockets, but also you can go to a local realtor, uh, somebody that knows that neighborhood, and you see you've seen them consistently knock it out the park. They price a property appropriately; it sells price a property appropriately. <laughs> see what I did there? Um, <laughs> and it sells for the amount that it needs to sell for. So somebody that's consistently hitting the mark that has a track record of a, a solid listing agent, they know how to pull comps. Now, sometimes they might not; they might know that specific neighborhood well. Um, and sometimes they may know how to pull comps if you see them doing it from neighborhood to neighborhood. They might just be good in general. But ideally, if you can talk to an appraiser, that's really where it's at. That's the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're trying to get good um, at, at learning how to evaluate properties, talk to contractors, talk to rehabbers, um, excuse me, talk to contractors, talk to handymen, 
uh, talk to realtors, talk to appraisers, and do your own online research and kind of take a consensus of everything to see how to how to pull your numbers, right? And as far as like leaving value on the deal, right? Like um, when it comes to wholesaling, once again, wholesaling is not trying to crush it just on one deal only. Sometimes there are going to be some cases where you've negotiated such a sweet deal, right? And you're allowed to make 10, 20, 30, 40, 50K on a deal. Sometimes if you're if, if the numbers aren't there, if your negotiation skills aren't strong enough with the seller, then you're going to need to just sell it for enough value with the end buyer in mind, with the with the investor in mind, excuse me. So, um, you know, don't be too rigid and stuck on this 10K. Would you rather make 2K on this one deal or make nothing for the entire month, right? Mm-hmm. Would you rather make 2K and build a friend, a wealthy friend that is an investor, or would you would you try to just crush that person on one deal and and never hear from them again? Mm-hmm. So the choice is yours. I think if we do that, we can help restore the integrity of wholesale. We can change it from a cuss word uh, to something that people see a value as a deal provider. Um, and really, we can start to do different things. And I'm telling you right now, with that mindset, you can go ahead and dominate real estate when it comes to wholesaling and build some great relationships with real estate investors. Facts, man. Facts. You you hit it. You hit it right on the nail on the head, man. I don't have anything else to say to that. Then let's get out there and let's get it, man.